0: today we are celebrating our 70th show we began in april of 2020 and here we are june 2021 i want to say a big congratulations to all of the graduates that are well they're graduating but maybe not the way that they ever envisioned it so I know it really, really is very, very sad, but you know what? Congratulations, you've done it and enjoy the summer. So let's open the doors to all of our wonderful guests on the Hue virtual chat. Uh, so the topic is celebration and look at celebrating. Oh my goodness. Oh, we look so businesslike today, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Linda. Hi, Kristen. Kisses and hugs to you, Cynthia. Thank you so, so much. Uh, so in the opening, I was saying that this is a milestone today, so I'm hoping more, more women join and part of our, our great virtual chat, Hugh Crew. Uh, it's our 70th show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 70. like, Can you imagine who would have 70 things to think about and talk about? well, hey, we do, we do, Uh, and anyways, too, um, you know, I wanted to say congratulations to all of the graduates that are graduating, this is the last week of school, and if we can kind of remember even back to when you were going to school, like the excitement of the last week, uh, the anticipation of summer, uh, you get to throw all of the old scribblers out or whatever, and um, it was such a a happy time and you know what this week is so so different right for all of those graduates that won't be wearing their grad dress you know won't be having the walkway and the prom and photos and the dinner and dance and whatever else and uh and i want to welcome perla perla
1: hello
0: everyone hi (laughs) Uh, can you just tilt your screen down, because we can yes, only I, see your we can only see your glasses. I, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, there you go. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the like the whole show, and all we see is the top of your face. Okay. So, everyone, I'd like to introduce Perla. Uh, she is the co-chair of the Ethnocultural Council, but more importantly, she's a longtime uh, supporter in the Filipino community. And I wanted to talk about celebrations, multicultural celebrations. And I know July 1st is coming very, very soon. And you know, I want to talk about the sort of, well, it is a controversy, like everything else that's happening in this world right now. But um, I'll, you know, I would like to go with Cynthia. Fill us in what's happening in your neck of the woods, across the pond, England. Hmm. Oh, everything that's happening there, the you know, the opening has kind of been pushed back now, yeah. and uh, yeah,
2: how are um, things? I was going to say, 70 shows, you don't look a day over 50. Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all the filters. It's all the yeah. filters.
2: <laughs> well, um, I'm just glad that I'm a part of this with you, Tracy, so thank you for that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think the... You know, here we're, uh, the sun is just coming out right now. First time in five days. It disappeared last Thursday. Uh, So, yeah, so it's being cold. It was six degrees Celsius this morning. It doesn't feel like summer. (laughs) Um, At least not what I was used to, but um, that's okay. You know what? It's um, just, it's part of the British weather. Um, In terms of celebrations and so forth, there's um, culturally wise, you know, there's still not a lot going on because, again, things have mm-hmm. been delayed and pushed back. Um, and that we, we are allowed gatherings outdoors up to 30. So, wow. um, but they're really strict about mm-hmm. that. And, you know, restaurants have been fined for not managing that. Mm-hmm. So, everybody's been very careful uh, to do that. But when you have like six days of rain, nobody wants to go outside. So no. um means you're stuck to a group of six, two households is the rule that we go by indoors. Mm-hmm. And other than that, yeah, um, as I understand it, they used to have an amazing Canada Day celebration here in Trafalgar Square, which is right where what's called Canada House, the Canadian embassy, is right there. Um, Unfortunately, that budget was cut a number of years ago. I think it was 2018 or 19 was the last big Canadian shindig. In fact, it's so well-known, everybody, when they hear I'm from Canada and I'm in London, they go, oh my God, you should have been here for the July 1st. (laughs) Um, It was just the thing. They had pancakes and maple syrup for breakfast and, you know, they had Canadian bands and everything playing through the day. It's just, it's quite a thing. So now I see Canadian groups, people saying, what are we going to do for Canada today? I, I miss talking to other Canadians. Can we get together? And I'm going like, well, I get to talk to an amazing group of Canadians every week. So <laughs> I feel blessed.
0: <laughs> that is so sweet. Well, yeah, who knows what's going to be happening on July 1st, Canada Day. I And sort of we'll get into that. Perla, mm-hmm. um, yeah. let's go with you. Uh, a little bit of background, I guess, on the Filipino community, your close ties with it, and the importance of keeping up you know, the month of June, there is so many Filipino um, activities going on.
3: Yeah, actually, three years ago, uh, federally, it has been proclaimed that the whole month of June is Philippine Heritage Month. So um, it's expanded from a week celebration prior to that because uh, the province has declared it as uh, Philippine Heritage Week. So this is the third year and we were able to celebrate it uh, the first year, and then COVID came. So last year, everything was suspended because of uh, COVID, of course, but this year, you know, we somehow, whatever we can do virtually, we did. So, um, and there are other groups in the community that love to do different things. Actually, the whole month is actually bursting with activities when we can do it in person. So um, as far as the Philippine Heritage Council is concerned, um, we were able to do uh, a virtual, uh, so in place of the Philippine Independence Ball, which is usually the, uh, I guess, a highlight of the celebration, uh, which is actually at the showcase of the community. Um, we just came up with sort of a virtual gathering and uh, coming up, we are celebrating uh, a celebration of faith, which is uh, one of the important things that we do in recognition of the fact that we are the only Christian nation in Asia. Mm -hmm. And uh, being such, you know, because the majority of our population are Christians, that's important for us to celebrate as well. And part of the multicultural celebration we have because Part of our heritage now is being Filipino-Canadian. So um, we one of the things that we're able to do this year is to welcome newcomers. So not just Filipino newcomers, but everyone coming from all different countries, welcoming them and uh, helping them out with connecting them with agencies that serve new immigrants. And uh, we were able to come up with an event for high school students. Um, where there's spark cultural activities and fun activities. So that for this year, that's what we can afford to do. But when we're able to do it person to person, there would be a lot more. And uh, of course, with the 80 different groups that we have, they'd like to do something themselves. So our celebration mostly would be partnership with different groups.
0: Aww. that's so wonderful to hear, and I think it's so important right now, right, Perla? Because, yeah. it, and there's a lot of right unrest. There's a lot of anxiety, and I think for your community to reach out like that, I think is so wonderful.
3: Yes, uh, it is, and uh, yeah, we actually acknowledge the fact that the things that has happened in the past here in Canada, and we understand it fully well because the Philippines had been colonized for. for He'd been colonized for 300 years, so having come out of that and still seeing the effects of uh, the colonial uh, you know, regime that we, we've come through. So there's a lot of understanding and a lot of sympathy that goes with uh, you mm. know, what has happened here as well.
0: I know. A lot of healing. Um, I want to go to Linda. We'll come back, you know, definitely, Perla, soon. I know Linda, you have to go early, so I just wanted to make sure that um, you know. I, yeah, Canada Day. Does it have the same meaning, or I don't know? Like I, we never, never did anything; it's super special. But now it just kind of feels.
1: I, I think it's a great, uh, a great question, Tracy. And uh, nice to meet you, Perla. It sounds like a, an amazing. I love the uh, that uh, you were talking about the high school students and and doing programming for them that's just wonderful so yeah thank you um you know tracy i loved this question because it reminds me that we can't um progress is not made with black and white thinking and we need to be able to uh as walt whitman said contain multitudes we can contain paradox as mature, critically thinking adults. So we can, on the one hand, very strongly criticize our government and our society for colonial practices that have ended up with very uh, systemic racist problems. And we can, uh, as uh, Perla was saying, come to that with understanding and sympathy and action that we want to take to make reparations. But at the same time, we can be proud of our country. We can look to the positives that Canada has brought to many people. Um, We can see the strength that we have uh, in our multicultural, Ideal, it's not often met, but we have that as an ideal and we have laws in place that protect that. Obviously, the reality does not match those ideals, but I think we can, I think we're better served to sit with that complexity uh, and sit with that, um, uh, that understanding. Because as I come from a point of view as a coach and I... I seek to help people also accept both sides of themselves. That we don't need to just put the uh, shiny, pretty parts forward and hide all the dark, gloomy secrets in the back and hope they go away and hope nobody notices those parts of ourselves. I think it's better to shine a light on all sides of ourselves and show love and compassion for all sides of ourselves, and I like to think of it in the same way when I think about July 1st, Canada Day. There is strength in recognizing and talking more about what it means to be, uh, uh, you know, living on stolen lands and really look at the Indigenous um, people. I love that uh, Indigenous, this is Indigenous Celebration Month, and it's also the same month of the uh, Filipino culture celebration. to really, uh, you know, look at that, shine more light on that, because I think we we need to pour, pay more attention to that. Um, but at the same time, still be a proud Canadian uh, that, that, that both can coexist.
0: Okay, so I will bring out my red and white flag then. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. Robin, uh, since you're from the land down under, how important is it, and I guess you know that goes with identity and your mental health, to be proud of your country, be proud. I, you know, I I'm not going to the extreme, but the love for your country because you do love your country.
4: Yeah. Um, look, I, I think, I think we can love our. I love Australia and hate the way that we have treated indigenous people. It makes me sick to my stomach, really. And growing up, um, you know, I felt like I was this oddity, because my parents would talk about the cool stuff about kids being taken and given nice homes and nice places. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. Why are we taking kids from their homes and their families and um and and so there's a there's a juxtaposition. I don't know if that's the word, but I love I'm Australian, and I also have to acknowledge that my ancestors did things in that country that don't sit well with who I am and my values and so I will always stand up and go, yes, I'm Australia. And I will always stand up and go, how do I support the people, the custodians of the land? Because nobody ever owned it.
1: Mm-mm.
4: Like even here, people are custodians of the land. The Indigenous people will talk about being custodians, not owners. And and so I think, um, you know, we have Australia Day, which is January 26th, and... It's very polarised at times. We have people who are, yes, I'm Australian, Australian flags. And we have then Indigenous people going like this is the day that people were murdered or this is the day that our life was stolen. And, you know, do I know exactly where I sit on it? No, I'll be real. I want to celebrate who I am and I want to acknowledge like the people whose lives were changed forever by me getting to be Australian. And so um, I think I look, I look to indigenous people in each country and and talk to them about what is it that's important to them? How can I support them? um, And yet I will still go, I'm Australian. And I've applied for permanent residency in Canada. So, you know, uh, truth be told, I'm, I'm not applying to be a citizen because I'm very proud of being an Australian citizen. But do I want to live here? Yes. Do I want to create um, a bias? Not create, stand, stand with Indigenous people for their by-us-for-us conversation and be on that journey. Yes. So I don't know if I answered your question. Uh, You you know. You always do. (laughs) Um, but, But, yeah, I think we can be proud of who we are and be in a place where we look to the custodians of the land and say, what does this mean for you? And how do we like be in this space together? And if that means I have a quieter, like I don't actually have a big hoo-ha on Australia Day now. I'm still proud of being Australian, but I also honour the people who came before me like for tens of thousands of years in Australia. So,
0: yeah. Oh, I know. It's a, It 's very strange, you think of all the years that we've been having to learn history, and I mean I feel that some sometimes it feels like we 're relearning history all over again and trying to understand it quickly i have had a question though, Perla um, can I just, what Tracy, can
4: I just jump in really quickly you should, Sorry. yes that's okay I, th- I think one of the things that I struggle with is we don't teach all of the history, and then we mm. Canada talks about you know a bilingual country but we don't learn english and french in schools specific like it's not a mandatory thing for canadians to learn french or learn an indigenous language so and and the same in australia it feels like we say stuff but we don't put it into practice
5: mm-hmm.
4: now i'll be quiet <laughs> um
0: so perla in the philippines has there any been any kind of history of you know racism like because I have I don't know I'm asking that I'm just asking that kind of a a question of, of wonder you have to unmute yourself Perla okay
3: you mean here in Winnipeg no but no back home in the Philippines back home um see we seem to be a homogeneous group because we're all from the philippines but remember there's 7100 islands Mm -hmm. with 80 different languages and so um moving from province to province you are confronted with different cultural practices different Mm -hmm. dialect which is tantamount to languages and all that and of course we're used to being treated as a stranger in your own land, you know, if you cross a border, for instance. So we're used to that. Um, We're not even one who's uh, easy to jump and say it's racism. Um, um, I guess we're so used to, Coexist and live with people coming from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And we accept that reality and then we dance with the music. You know, when we left the Philippines, we we're ready for the fact that we are going to another country. And so we're prepared for something different. I think that mindset has helped us out. Um, navigate the different systems um, it lends to being um, uh, being adaptable and uh, you know easy to to get along and be happy uh, that's that's the nature that we have and it's early exposure for myself for instance right after graduation I was thrown to a distant place where I didn't know anyone a different language a different cultural practice, and uh, I allowed myself to to immerse in that kind of a situation, and it helped me a lot. Um, I ended up with a job visiting 11 provinces, and so I was exposed to different ways of doing things. So at an early age, I got to accept the fact that the world is big, and I can learn a lot of things from other people coming from different places. And uh, my uh, route, the route I took coming to Canada via the Netherlands, also exposed me to different uh, people. And uh, it's so nice to be able to just pick up the good things from them, make it your own, you know, let it uh, enrich your life. And uh, it's it's a very good uh, experience altogether, and you feel like. Uh, especially here in winnipeg where you don't have to go travel to meet people from different countries Um, if you want to get to know them if you're open then you'll see that you are experiencing a different culture just by knowing different people and i happen to sit with uh, as co chair at the ethnocultural council where we have about 20 different member organizations cultural groups and so Every time we meet, uh, it's so enriching because it's never a dull moment. You know, you have to get used to different uh, uh, accents. You have to get used to different food being served, you know, especially when we were able to to meet in person. And uh, just listening to uh, stories that are, you know, eye openers, really eye openers, because... uh, uh, You know, the cultures that they come from are rich in their own way. And we don't know the the things that they do. And so when they share that, you know, we're in awe as to uh, the things that uh, you can learn from all of them.
0: Well, we certainly have learned a lot from you. And I think if we could take a page from the Filipino philosophy of life, I don't think we'd be in this crap hole. Did I say that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess uh, there's so much uh, adjusting that we have to do in our very own country, you know, because, and then we also have people coming from China, from India, we're exposed Mm -hmm. to them even in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So, racism, you know, we were, we got aware of racism only here. We never spoke about it in the Philippines. (laughs) Wow! They just learn how to, you know, deal with each other. Wow. Well, and hey, this is
0: a good segue then to to our all-in family peer support workers, Charlotte and Kirsten. The whole idea, right? You come to here, live here, Perla. I mean, everybody talks about everything, right? We're told to let our feelings out. We're told to be vulnerable, to show our emotions. Mm-hmm. So I guess we see some good and bad in both things, right, Charlotte, mm-hmm. Kirsten? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you still at the lake, Charlotte?
6: I, I am at the lake, and uh, I have been here for quite some time. You know what, uh, Kirsten, I'm going to let you start on this one because I think we're yeah. going to go to place.
5: Well, first of all, I have to say it's really nice meeting you, Perla. And hearing you speak and the insight that uh, that you're sharing and, and the Filipino philosophy um, makes, you know, in Winnipeg, uh, my experience, and I, I think it's well known for all Winnipegers, we have the nicest Filipino community. They are the nicest people. <laughs> Does not everybody in Winnipeg feel this way? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of a fact. Like, we have a fantastic Filipino community, and they are very, very thought of. And by you sharing exactly what you put forth about experiences and, and philosophies, uh, it, yeah, it makes me even think, think more of that community. And also, um, yeah, it uh, it warms my heart and it makes a lot of sense what you've shared. Um, you know, going, going to uh, family and what family means. And uh, again, um, you know, family uh, in, well, first of all, I'm gonna back up a little bit. I'm gonna say, Tracy, that when it comes to celebrating uh, Canada Day, um, you know I loved what Linda was saying and Robin. Um, I'm having a hard time getting really excited and making a lot of noise about it. It just doesn't feel right um, because of not only um, you know current events of what's happening. Um, it just it just feels like a time to be humble and reflective, and for us all to have uh, conversations and to kind of look within and and have hard conversations uh, with each other, with people outside of your regular community, maybe more about that and less about, um, you know, light celebration or, but that's just me, it just seems like a time, it just feels wrong, it goes against my nature. But, uh, you know, maybe when it comes to talking about family, maybe I should pass it off to you here, Charlotte.
4: I heard a bark. <laughs> um, you know, my head,
6: my head goes to you know when you're Tracy. You're talking about the openness and um, talking about our feelings and things here in Canada, but that's not always the case with mental health. Like people mm-hmm. really, really clam up. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to share. And just even just so much of that anxiety that they live with um, for fear of being—I'll call it—outed. Um, that they're struggling or a family member is struggling so um, does Canada symbolize we all talk about it no like there's so much that's not being shared Um, and even just in some of the families that we're working with right now um, around what has happened with the uh, the 215 children and the graves um, we have a lot of families who are survivors of residential schools or the children of residential school survivors and just the stuff that's coming up for them right now and scared to talk about it, but wanting to talk about it and how to support themselves and their family. Um, so like and I've seen an increase in, in support for that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real dance because they're scared to talk when they first meet us. Mm-hmm. And then when we start to share a little bit of our stories um, and this is they, in general, like all different kinds of families, um, only then when they feel safe to start to share with what's going on, um, you know, that's when they start to talk. So um, that's kind of where my head went right now. We well, still have a long way to go when it mm-hmm. comes to mental health. Uh, I did, And I wanted just to mention, um, shout out to your son and his words last night at the concert that he was part of for um, our um, that was on Facebook live, just him talking about and acknowledging, um, what's going on for him as part of, before he went on to sing a song about anxiety, I was, I was so proud of him because he's a young person that's saying, Hey, we need to talk about it. And it's a lot of hard work. Like him talking about, you know, what it means to have anxiety and some mental health struggles. And then, and what that means for him and I, I was just, anyway, I was blown away. I was proud of him. And uh, I can hardly wait to get my hands on a copy of that. Cause I just think he's going to make a, a big difference to many of the young people that the families were working with. Just hearing it from a, from a guy is huge. Cause like guys don't want to talk about it. They're like hmm, nothing, you know? So anyway, Robin, <laughs> can I pass it off to you? Cause you're nodding here. I mean, you interviewed him. I just thought huge.
4: I think anywhere we can start to break down the stigma and discrimination and go, it's okay to talk about. And for, like, wherever we are, as Kirsten said, some of the uncomfortable conversations, whether it's about um, what's occurred historically or whether it's about mental health or whatever it's about, if we can start and sit with our discomfort to be in a conversation with someone else and find out about them and what they're going through, I think we have a shot. But um, while we kind of want to pull away from those uncomfortable conversations because we're like, whoa, that feels a bit tough, like I, I don't... It becomes harder to get through it for everyone, I think. So it's dealing with our own discomfort, I think is the biggest... Um, the biggest thing. And, and just, as I said, be passionately curious about who the person is, where they come from, why they think what they think, um, and, and just explore with people. Hmm.
0: Thank you. And thank you, Charlotte. Um, yes. Uh, it, it is tough. I mean, well, Cynthia, too, and I was just thinking what, what Robin was saying. Is it also, to coming to terms with yourself, being comfortable I mean, we now say it's uh, you have to be uncomfortable to be comfortable, but now it's sort of an acceptance of who you are and you know and stuff like that can lead to maybe being able to have that conversation, those tough conversations.
2: I, I think so, Tracy. The reality is that, you know, when I work with women and and coach them and and others, you know, I always talk about this idea that you kind of, you have to begin with yourself, um, to borrow from Brene Brown, you have to be enough, because when you are sitting in front of someone, and I've been there, um, and you go, I'm not enough, that they have to learn to be enough for themselves before they can be enough from somebody else. Say, you can't serve from an empty vessel. And so that process of learning to, to fill yourself, to be enough, is the process of learning to accept yourself. Mm-hmm. And as you go through that process, then you can evolve. When you accept yourself, then you can ask the, the others around you, your support, to accept you as you are learning to accept yourself. And as that happens... And you have the supports, then you can move to larger circles such as society, larger groups, and say, I have the, I know who I am becoming or who I am. I know who um, I have around me, my support system. And I'm letting you know that this is who I am and I need you to accept without understanding who I am in that space. And that's really what's kind of a very simplified version of how you go about kind of creating this safe space mm-hmm. for anyone in there and the challenge is to do it in a way that you know is very real and you know even today like i still six years on i still see a therapist um in winnipeg um thank you zoom and you know it's a matter of continually going through because i i still come up with issues and challenges and and uh, events that trigger me um, to deal with it, I'm working on a workshop and it's a bit about telling my story, and part of the lead up to it is to share a bunch of related third party news articles and so forth. That's been written, for instance, you know, about the transgender community or LGBT in general, and reading the material to bet that that I believe that it's giving a, a fair and honest opinion. Because I'm the subject matter expert, we're supposed to be in this. It's really triggering me to go through because I'm constantly having to challenge everything. And the thing is, is that even when you get six years out, and you know, I would love to know from 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 our uh, amazing, you know, crew, what is it? Just me that like I go six years and I can find a single event that here I am, I'm bobbing along, and a single event pulls me right back to feeling like what it was like day one. And it was like, oh, God, you know, I've I've been doing so well, and I got six years out, but now I'm asked to remember day one feeling again. And it just feels like you get pulled back. So that's the part of learning to be enough that I can go there, and then I can pull myself back. And if I can't, that's when I need the support to do it.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And maybe... When is enough enough? Is I mean, um, I, like all the rest of you, I like I have given so much, and you give and you give and you give. When is it time for saying, hold on? I need something, and maybe that's the moment too, right, Cynthia? That you're saying that you're you go along, you go along, and then all of a sudden one thing happens, and you're and you're back there. I mean, I look at Perla, and Perla is like the epitome. If you've ever met this woman in person, she is the epitome of, of, of love, of giving, of support. She just has this shining light. But Perla, like, what do you do? Because there has to be times, and there still are going to be times when you need something, whether it's support or love or human touch. I don't know. How do, how do you deal with
3: it? Um, I'm. I'm not married. I'm single, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm the only one here, in Winnipeg. I don't have any family here, mm. but I created a support system around me, so I have a lot of families and friends around me, um, and that uh, and uh, my families are all over. <laughs> I make it a point to visit them at least once a year. I spend a week or two weeks with them to uh, re-energize. And that's where I draw the the love and care that I need. When I'm with them, I am uh, under-dependent. I stop being the independent uh, tower of strength because that's when I give in to being uh, in need of someone. So my family is there for me to provide me with that. And uh, when I'm here in Winnipeg, I just carry on with uh, a life that is uh, defined by the work that I did when I was working. (laughs) Uh, And it's working with young people. I, I worked in a school setting, I was community liaison. And as community liaison, I was not just working with the students, I was working with teachers and administrators in the community. So never a dull moment, a lot of challenges all the time. But at the same time, I'm also connected with uh, my church. So then, you know, I guess it just happened that I had a balance of things happening around me. Mm -hmm. There are problems along the way, but I'm one who uh, believes that if there's a problem, I'll deal with it the best I can, and then I move on. I don't dwell on it. It just worked for me in that way. Um, I'll allow myself to lose one night of sleep. (laughs) And then after that, I wake up and said, you know, these are the things I can do. I'll do it. And then if nothing comes out of it, you know, probably it's uh, an outlook that has helped me along the way. So I I wasn't drawn... uh, Uh, down by anything that has happened to me, and I've always had people to talk to uh, and uh, confer with, to help me move on with some stuff that I was dealing with. So, um, but I can understand some of the difficulties that uh, other, you know, the the things that you're confronted with. Uh, Cynthia, that's, you know, I guess the important thing is the awareness that if you're drawn back to uh, uh, day one after six years because of that one event, just the consciousness that this is happening to you and waking up and saying, I've moved on, you know, um, this is just one of those things because those triggers will happen every so often. It's a reality that you have to face and yet you know it doesn't mean you're allowing yourself to be drawn back we move on still I, i just wanted to pipe
5: in for for a second if i could um cynthia i so relate to what you were saying about going back six years and things coming up and i think you know i I could be wrong but i'm going to take a a stretch and say i think uh, my colleagues robin and charlotte can relate to that as well um and i think that is what makes you so good at what you do and connecting with people and that level of empathy that true level of empathy when you're connecting with someone and it brings you back uh those feelings um you know charlotte and i when we work with families there's certain things with with certain families that come up that can be you know for lack of a better word I'm going to use the word triggering um that can bring Charlotte back and uh you know weigh heavy on her that we kind of debrief afterwards after uh, an encounter with a family and oh my god like it goes right into my into my gut like I I physically feel nauseous when I get brought back to a time that it was really really hard and for me, um, yeah, with my daughter who struggles with mental health. And uh, certain things and I and I physically have to shake it off. Like I physically have to shake my body and kind of release it. Um and again, I just wanted to say I, I I hope you never stop having certain feelings like that, because I do think that what is what makes you so good at what you do and is your gift to others. Just have to manage it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: certainly a gift charlotte do you want to follow up <laughs> you
6: know that's a hard one to follow up
0: i my head goes that you
6: know when you were asking about the the question is it enough and i just always being mindful what enough means to each of us is so different so uh um both mm-hmm. well, kirsten and i and robin ever get tired of talking with people no that's just who we are um will we take days off yep but uh it's it, you know so and, and not pushing your own bias on what you think enough is to, a you know, person, whether it's your family member or, you know, um, or, or individual as well. Um, and I'll be silly because I'll say to you, will you ever say I have enough shoes, Tracy? I don't
0: know. <laughs> That's not being silly. I'm crying. I haven't bought a pair of shoes and I don't know how long. I don't, you know. Anyways, that's that's another story. Oh, come on, Rob. There's nothing like a good pair of sexy high heels. That uh, there's, you know, I've got I've got a lot of pairs of only sitting shoes. Like you only sit. Like I've been wearing them all through this whole thing, <laughs> only sitting because you certainly can't stand in them, <laughs> let alone walk. Oh,
4: <laughs> yeah, Cynthia, you know, yeah. I, like I'll be honest. I'm what? very happy to watch a gorgeous woman in, like, gorgeous shoes. Like, I'm going to be the truthful guy that's hanging out in here. It's it's <laughs> lovely to see. So go forth, buy shoes, ladies. Oh, it's I know. All-
0: you just wait till next week. You're going to have a whole parade of shoes going, clicking across your screen. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So if we get back, though, to talking about July 1st, I mean, yeah, okay, I can call it Canada Day. I really, Kirsten, I love that idea of just maybe taking a little bit of quiet time, humility, whatever, but I also like to have that conversation and to start the conversation. Uh, I know that we've created definitely a, a safe place here and all of the wonderful people that have come on and shared their stories. How do we expand that? Does it start in the home? Cynthia, any ideas?
2: Yeah, you know what? We've talked about it here (laughs) more than once, right? And it has to start at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when a child is born, they're not racist, right? They're not homophobic. They're not transphobic. They're just a wonderful, loving human being. That's what they know. They know love. Um, and that is, if they're different than that, then they have somehow been shaped through their life to have learned that. And that means whether it was consciously or unconsciously learned, it can be relearned in order to change it. But they have to be willing to go on the journey because it's their journey to change. It's not our journey to make them change. And... The only people that generally have that kind of, of influence over us as children are our parents, as our primary caregivers, but not everyone has that, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you do that in families where you're not? I mean, I grew up in a very stereotypical family situation, and it wasn't until I literally put the shoe on the other foot a really nice shoe, but the shoe on the other foot. And I saw the world from a completely different point of view. And it literally took me to stand in the shoes of my other persona to realize the world was completely different. That's how I began to retrain myself because I realized, oh my gosh, all my biases, all my prejudices, all my privilege had made me see the world in one way that was not the real way. It was a filtered view of privilege.
0: Wow. Well, I guess we all have to start having those conversations. Perla, in all your wisdom now,
3: um, would you have changed anything in your life? Well, I'm in a good place right now and I say in my solitude, I'm joyful. So um, whatever the journey I went through with the ups and downs, no regrets. I, uh, I enjoy the full life. Um, it's a life I chose for myself. Um, and I've always been surrounded by young people. That's why I still feel young <laughs> yes. at this point in time. And another secret I have probably why I, I'm able to... Um, move on in a positive mode uh, in my life is I um, give myself reward every time I do something okay. Like what? I love shopping. (laughs) I love shopping. So I I reward myself and tap myself on the shoulder. (laughs) We have to do that because I can't wait for other people to do it for me. Mm -hmm. So I can move on you know and i have to appreciate what i did what i am able to do so that that kept me going as well um less expectation from others in terms of positive strokes i take care of it, of it myself
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh what do you think about that robin good
3: therapy <laughs> the mirror Robin and say you did well
4: <laughs> uh, look I I think it's super important to reward ourselves like yes. we're always encouraging like friends way to go good job but how often yes. <laughs> where to go good job let me take you out to dinner yes. <laughs> or, you know I, like it it is one of those um it's one of those important things and I I love, Perla, that you were talking about connecting with family and going home and grounding yourself and being in that place where you could just be and be loved and taken care of, and that is one of the biggest things I'm missing at the moment. Um, this is the longest I have not been able to physically be in the same space as my family. So it is um, What are the other things that soothe my soul. Um, and do self-care. And so, yeah, I think it's important to to be compassionate and empathetic and generous with ourselves at all times, whatever that looks like for you, because it's going to look different. Um, Truth be told, I may have a shoe fetish too. They may just look a little different than some of the others of you. I'm forever in the guys' section finding cool shoes. And then I've been like, I haven't worn shoes in the last, (laughs) or hardly in the last year and a half. And I'm like, when can I start wearing those cool, funky shoes again?
0: Well, you're going to have a lot more places to go and and wear those shoes. Anyways, (laughs) uh, uh, so I guess some just sort of final thoughts on... Summer, I mean, I think tomorrow there's going to be announcements of something, some things opening up. Uh, And, oh gosh, I think the the dilemma of, is it Pfizer, Moderna, that whole thing, second shot, who goes, when has everybody, when gets, who goes for a second dose? I had mine yesterday. Did you? Was it Moderna for, uh, Moderna or Pfizer? Pfizer, Pfizer. good for you.
3: I had had mine
0: Sunday. Sunday? Wow. I and
4: had I mine. mine-
0: what? <laughs> when are you going, Charlotte? I had mine Saturday. And were you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> she does no. Okay. Yeah. I'm sleeping. <laughs> are you? Oh, yeah. Just my, my, uh, yeah, just my in arm. the arm. Yes, yes. Yeah. And Cynthia, you're you're done, right?
2: Team AstraZeneca all the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and same for you, Kristen. Yeah, I'm Team
5: AstraZeneca, and I I had mine three weeks ago, my second dose.
0: Oh, well, my goodness, I'm I'm, I'm feeling slightly, very like strong, uh, strong. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, that yeah, for sure. No, I have to wait another week, but yeah. Anyways, oh on that note, I guess we'll. Go and enjoy the beautiful sunshine. Cynthia, it's sunny here in 26. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so nice to meet all of you. Yes. Nice to you. meeting you,
0: Perla. Thank you so much, Perla. It's always a pleasure. All right. And thank you, Robin. Wonderful you. show last night. Beautiful thank you show. for
4: everything, Tracy. It was beyond my wildest dream. So if anyone wants to see it, Listening for the whispers about suicide uh, awareness for suicide prevention in memory of my brother who died by suicide a year ago. It's on uh, I Like You Facebook, it's on the Robin Priest Facebook. It was just beyond what I ever dreamed possible. And uh, Tracy and Graham, uh, with a tech team behind it, thank you. (laughs) You are so, so welcome.
0: All right, have a beautiful Tuesday, ladies. And Rob, we'll see ya. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for celebrating 70 shows. <laughs>
3: Thanks for listening. This
5: has been a production of I Like You.com, podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company.